Good morning, I'm Anna Palmer. And I'm Jake Sherman. And welcome to The Daily Punch, brought to you by Punchbowl News. It's Wednesday, September 28th, 2022. Let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines of the day. Number one, the end game on government funding. Number two, Stock Act saga continues. And number three, the latest in campaign ads. All right, Jake, let's get to it. The most pressing business of the week. Will the government continue to have funding? And it appears that we now know the story, although we probably knew it from the beginning, uh, that there there is going to be a government funding bill and Senator Joe Manchin is uh, out of luck when it comes to his permitting reform proposal. Yeah. Uh, well, first of all, thank you for holding down the fort for the last two days. It is now the Jewish year of 5783. That will, There's no government funding bill in the Jewish calendar, so that's a good sign. So, so it comes in, in, every year? <laughs> every year we get it. We're in 5783, which I just had to Google. So here we are. Okay. So this was the most predictable end to this saga. Um, uh, Joe Manchin got promised the permitting reform bill in... Um, in exchange for his vote for the Inflation Reduction Act, instead of getting it through, he had to drop it because there was there were Democrats opposed, there were Republicans opposed. The White House last night and and Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer both blamed Senate, uh, Senate Republicans for standing against this. That is true, but Senate Democrats were also against this, uh, including Bernie Sanders. So Manchin dropped this. He clearly doesn't like to to lose. Uh, who does like to lose? But a few pr- a few practical implica- implications here. Um, number one, uh, this means that the CR, the government funding bill until December 16th, which is just, you know, a couple months away, uh, is on a glide path. That means that it will probably pass quite easily and it will, um, uh, get through the Senate today or tomorrow, probably tomorrow is my guess. It'll go to the House and the House will pass it, uh, I would imagine, quite easily. Uh, it's a relatively non-controversial bill. It uh, it has, you know, funds the government through December 16th, has money for Ukraine, extends FDA user fees, and that's that. Um, so, uh, you know, Manchin now says he's going to try to get this in the, the NDAA. Um, that will only happen if he comes to a compromise with, with Shelley Moore Capito. So that's something we're going to be keeping an eye on a ton. Hope springs eternal for Joe Manchin uh, when it comes to permitting reform. I think it's just one of those things, Jake, honestly, where sometimes things aren't as complicated as people make them out. This always was going to have be a hurdle. Republicans, not even on the substance of it, have been sore at Manchin since the Inflation Reduction Act passed, um, not looking to give him a win, not necessarily looking to negotiate on on this with him. Um, it will be interesting to see if more time passes in the lame duck. Is there an opportunity to revisit this? Um, or is, is this just something where not only do, were Republicans, you know, not looking to give him a win, but to your point, it's not, it wasn't just Bernie Sanders. There were uh, quite a few Democrats who were not supportive, and there was a ton of progressives in the House that feel like Manchin has been, you know, kind of running the show here and pushing them on quite a few issues. They were uh, more than happy to uh, oblige on, on the on the on the other end of of that argument. Yeah, um, and. Um it's it's you're right that it's predictable. You're right that at the end of the at the end of the day, it was just it it, it was exactly as we thought it would be. Uh, Manchin told Brez yesterday that um, 
he had between 45 and 48 Senate Democrats in favor of this, which means he needed something like 12 or, you know, 15 to 12 to 15 Senate Republicans. He had nowhere close to that. Um, I do think a compromise could happen here. Um, uh, NDAA was always considered a better vehicle for this because there's a lot in the NDAA. um, uh, And... um, you know, I, I would just I, I would argue that the the government funding bill is a little bit more um, a little bit more difficult to squeeze this in. I, I, on the substance, though, Anna, there's a lot of agreement here. Um, they they I, I just think that this has to be something that comes from the middle of the Senate, meaning Bernie Sanders isn't going to vote for it. Um, uh, neither is you know neither are some of the progressive people on the left, and they probably won't vote for the NDAA either. So if you slap it in there, get a compromise between Shelley Moore Capito and Mansion, I would say it is, you know, it. I, it I, at the end of the day, as you indicated, it, it, they just didn't want Mansion's hands all over it. Um, they wanted it to be from from Shelley Moore Capito too. So uh, alas, I think we'll be revisiting this in October, November, December. It's one of the number two story of the morning, the Stock Act saga. Uh, the Stock Act, we've been talking about this uh, all week this week and, and last week about how House Democrats with the leadership of Representative Zoe Lofgren from California have been working hard to put together a large uh, bill when it comes to mem- barring members and a lot of other folks from uh, trading stocks. But after all of the kind of hoopla of, of actually getting the, the text of the bill out there, uh, there's a lot of Democrats that are not necessarily supportive of it, including, as we, we scooped yesterday, um, House Majority Leader Steny Hoyer. Yeah, this is a the bill dropped last night. We have it in the AM edition this morning. The the legislation would bar members of Congress, uh, spouses, dependent children, the president, vice president, political appointees, judicial officers, Federal Reserve governors, and presidents of and vice presidents of Federal Reserve banks. So this is a huge, huge change to the personal finances of elected officials and unelected officials, appointed officials. So basically, as we've been reporting for months, the legislation uh, uh, forces Democrats to, or forces lawmakers, not only Democrats, everybody, forces lawmakers to liquidate their uh, their holdings or put them into a um, uh, qualified blind trust, basically. There are some ex- exemptions here. Uh, uh, mutual funds, ETFs, treasury bills, government bonds, um, uh, interest in small businesses that don't pose a conflict. I think that's a little, I think that's very complicated. I think that's very complicated. That's the word I'm looking for because every business poses a conflict to members of Congress who legislate on everything. Um, so, um, Democrats, both Democrats and Republicans are, are are somewhat opposed to this. Stephanie Murphy told us yesterday she wanted more input. She says she would vote against it. She's retiring, but she would vote against it if it came to the floor. Um, um, Steny Hoyer, also a little bit skeptical here. He's voicing in, in, in his view. Uh, and I think in reality, the the skepticism among huge numbers of uh, members of Congress. I will say this, though. I mean, egg on their face if they don't get this done after talking so much about it. Um, now that they put out a proposal, I mean, 
I kind of think they have to bring this to the floor. Um, maybe, but maybe not. Maybe not. But I mean, listen, after, this is going to be. Let's let's zoom out for a second, Anna. This is going to continue to be a problem. I mean, the the spotlight is on members of Congress and judges and mostly members of Congress for. Um, on what they do with the, with their personal finances. I mean, we see examples all the time of members of Congress and their spouses trading stocks, you know, which is legal now. It's permissible now, and they have to disclose it. But I, I just think this is not going away. And as soon as they could, and by the way, if Republicans take the majority here in, you know, whatever it is, 40-something days, why let them have the, maybe they do this, maybe they don't do this, Um if they're in the majority, but I mean, why give them the high ground? Yeah, but I, well, first of all, I mean, yes and no. I think to your point, this is always, it, it sounds good, right? It's a great talking point. And a lot more Democrats and a lot more Republicans have gotten uh, religion when it comes to the fact that they believe that this needs to be regulated. Um, but it's a lot more complicated. They chose to do a very wide ranging bill right it wasn't as if they were trying to come in with a real circ you know surgical approach where you know let's do a little bit and see how it goes this is very wide ranging um i think another example you know not just on the policy of it all right where you have you have stephanie murphy and some democrats just kind of opposed to this uh in general but again it's a process argument right you we've seen this play out over the last month plus where Republicans in the House um, felt like they were not being part of the process. That, Welcome that, to the minority. <laughs> well, uh, sure. But 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 I'm just saying they, you know, this is one of those bills where the Democrats might need Republicans in a four or five seat majority in the House. So like I, I'm just saying, I, I think it is more complicated than that. It's just, you know, Democrats trying to Nancy Pelosi trying to shove this through. Um, and whether or not you have a, a win or not, I mean, there's just not a lot of time for it, right? I mean, yeah, I will say, though, if this comes to the floor, which I don't know, I guess it seems unlikely at this point, and you vote against it, welcome to years of campaign ads. You know, Congresswoman X or Congressman X or Senator X, you know, voted against banning members of Congress from um, uh, insider trading. You know, I, sure. th they will make huge political hay out of this. I get it. I get this is complicated. I there are really good arguments, really good arguments to be made against this, which is it will discourage in many people's view um, good people from running for office because if they have to liquidate their portfolio or, you know, that's not that's not an attractive proposition. Now, that all said, I I. I I compl I understand that I I, I get I get the complications for possibly two here. years of a job that they have to fight for every two years I don't I I get I get both put sides it in of the a argument yeah but you put it in a qualified blind trust have someone else manage it it's not that crazy it's, it's an additional cost but like the, you're not they're not saying put everything in cash and put it under your bed they're saying you shouldn't trade you should have a professional a lot have, of people would say that this is already illegal trade insider trading is for already sure illegal. Yep, for sure. So but guess what? You're, you're in search of problem. I'm just, I'm just saying. I think it's more, I, it's more complicated. I, I, you know, may, maybe it's I'm definitely it complicated. There's no question about that. My only point, though, is that um, members of Congress come across a lot of information all the time. Some of which, you know, let's say you're sitting in in a um, 
in a meeting with a pharmaceutical executive or a pharmaceutical lobbyist and they say something, it's in the back of your head and you and you end up trading a stock. I mean, it's just like there's just a you come as a member of Congress, you come across a ton of information that you don't even know might be. You know, I don't want to say non-public, but I mean, it. you do. You just come across a lot. And I, I would I think the 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 people who are um proponents of this of this bill would argue that um the safeguards currently in existence are inadequate and i I hear that argument as well but while recognizing that this is a really complicated issue well we will live to talk about it another day i am sure i'm sure we will Let's move on to the number three story of the morning. A look around the campaign ad uh, front. Somos Pack launching a seven-figure digital ad by boosting Senator Catherine Cortez Masto, the Democrat from Nevada, in her competitive re-election campaign. Um, this ad is looking at Cortez Masto as a advocate for Nevada's small businesses who is, quote-unquote, good for workers. Um, and she's getting some, you know, some other help on the fact that uh, there's another spot out there highlighting her work to help businesses get emergency PPP loans. Obviously, this is going to be a very tight uh, race, and a lot of folks believe she is the most endangered Senate incumbent uh, for re-election in 2022. So clearly, going to be getting some help here in the home stretch by groups that are trying to prop up her uh, in- incumbency. Yeah, the Senate could come down to CCM. <laughs> it basically could come down to Nevada. Um, uh, that's not a uh, not an overstatement. Um, but um, uh, if, if things continue as they as they will as they look now, the entire Senate majority could come down to her seat. So um, uh, we'll see a lot more spending in Nevada. And as John, John Ralston says, uh, we matter, and Nevada does matter right now. All right. Just a quick reminder to check out our events hub at punchbowl.news. We've got three events uh, this month in October. We are going to be talking to Representative French Hill, the Republican from Arkansas. Uh, Jake and I will be down in Miami talking to Miami Mayor Francis Suarez, uh, as well as Senator Marsha Blackburn rounding out the month. Uh, It is going to be a a jam-packed month full of events for us. Um, with that, thanks so much for listening. Leave us a rating and review. It's the best place for folks to find out about us. You can also subscribe to our free morning newsletter at punchbowl.news. Have a great day and stay safe.